Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, it's 50 Cent. And I'm Charlie Webster host of Surviving El Chapo, the twins who brought down a drug lord. Make sure you listen to the catch-up so you're up to date with what happened in season one. If you haven't listened to season one, where have you been? Go back and listen. The story is chronological and follows on from season two. I can't wait to take you on the second part of this ride. We're going to jump straight in where we left off. And when I saw the cars and like all the agents and marshals just like staring at us, I think it was the first time I ever felt like, holy shit. I'm not just another drug dealer, right? My whole time, and even though like you might hear me say it now, like, oh, I was the biggest drug dealer, I did, had no idea that I was. To me, I was just selling drugs. When you look at it from on the outskirts, because just in perspective, you can't even fathom what that's that's like. I was just doing what I did. Why are they here? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just us. Like, but it was like a reality. It was hard to like take all that in, and not having a chance to deal with your emotions was really difficult. 
is surviving El Chapo, the twins who brought down a drug lord. Season 2. Hey, it's 50 and Charlie with you again. Welcome back to Surviving El Chapo, the twins who brought down a drug lord. Season 2. After a 20-year-long career in the drug trade, the Flores twins, Peter and Jay, decided it was time to turn their lives around. But it wasn't going to come easy. This is real. They were deep into the cartel. El Chapo was like family to them. They were caught between the cartel on one side and the actual family on the other. Getting out of the life meant a huge betrayal to everything they'd ever known. And turning against the man who was the only reason they were both still alive in the first place. It was Chapo that stopped Pete's execution and who kept the entire family safe. It took eight months of secret recordings working with the US government to bring Chapo down by recording him on a wiretap. Pete and Jay turned over the recording to the government and handed themselves in, ready to take the next step in turning their lives around. We left you in season one with Pete and Jay shackled and landing in the U.S. to a load of police and federal agents. While the brothers were on their way out of Mexico on a U.S. government private jet, their wives and the rest of the family had to make their own way out of the country. Viv, Val, Pete and Jay's brother Armando, the twins' mother and father, and all the children were left to drive eight hours through enemy territory across the U.S. border and into relative safety. Just a reminder that we're not going to identify which brother is speaking each time, but I'm sure by now you've got to know them. Jay is a little lighter and happy-go-lucky. Pete tends to be serious and more of a realist. Jay is married to Val, and at this point they have two boys, one just a newborn baby. Pete is married to Viv. They also have a newborn baby, a girl. It was a big deal when we came back. Like, they had all kinds of marshals and SWAT teams. And just bombarding us with questions. There's a couple people talking and a lot of faces. And I seen this man, he's kind of tall. He has a briefcase. And I automatically, I know, like, oh, that's the U.S. attorney. We went into the, they have a business lobby, so they have a big conference room. And we went in there and a few of the agents, including the agent, the DA agent, Marshall, I think he was, from our original case, is there. And we get on a call with our attorney and the U.S. Attorney's Office from Chicago. And basically they're like, okay, guys. You know, your family's across the border, so now you guys are here and you guys have been cooperating, you know, from Mexico, but now it's time for you guys to finish doing your job. And we're like, huh? You're gonna have to finish doing your job and that means that we need you to cooperate and against all your customer base in the United States. I was like, oh, Absolutely not. 
Hell no. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. Everyone looked like, what? And I remember my attorney was like, hold on, hold on. I need to speak to my clients. I need to speak to my clients in private. I'm like, no, that's bullshit. Like, because I felt like we just cooperated for nothing. Like, we have nothing. Like, where's our end? Just risk my life. I'm here by the grace of God. Like, but now where's, like, you're asking me corporate, but where's, like, what, what's my benefit? Like, what, what am I getting? You're asking me to now turn on my customers? As far as the twins were concerned, the deal was to get El Chapo on tape, serve a few years in prison, and be free to start a completely new life. All their conversations with the government so far have been purely focused on El Chapo. But the government had other ideas. Jay and Pete would now have to turn in everybody they've ever dealt with, workers, customers, and even their friends, if they were ever going to have any chance at freedom. The prosecutor gets on the phone and the other prosecutor's just looking at us and he basically says, guys, this is going to work. It's going to be all or nothing. You don't get to decide. How did that make you feel? I felt like that hurt. I felt trapped. Like, like I felt stupid. For sure. At that moment, that's how I felt like, what? Like, I was angry. I just, I mean, I just said it was that moment. It was those, like, those initial moments where I, I felt like I was angry to use a turn off. I felt like it was a trap to me. I felt like I hadn't got nothing in return. And to them, they're like, oh, you're a drug dealer. What do you expect? You're getting the chance, and to me, I'm like, I'm risking my life every day for giving you what you asked me for. You didn't ask for that. You said that you wanted this. We offered, we put everything on the table, and that's what you wanted. I mean, but that's not just the way it works. So basically, he said, listen, it's all or nothing. If you guys want, decided to change your mind, and you want to like spend the rest of your life in prison for... All your customers are going to end up cooperating against you anyway, like they are now. That's up to you. You guys think about it. And when he said that, I was like, kind of had a point there, you know, like, I, I do remember asking his attorney, like, could we do anything about this? And he's like, you don't get to pick and choose, Jay. It doesn't work that way. Now you go do the right thing. Remember what got you here. You don't put no, no one in front of your family. And he was right. I didn't want to be the responsible person for that, like, I guess. You know, like, I didn't want to be responsible for everyone's life changing. I just want to be responsible for my life changing, right? Like, and I think that it's just, it was a lot, you know what I mean? That night, um, they wanted to do uh, what you call controlled deliveries. So you'd call, you know, call a customer and tell them I'm going to go give them drugs and they arrest them. But it was too much to do in them few hours, like to be sitting there. 
And it was getting late, so finally they, they um, we made a couple calls, and that was her fault. For them to be sitting in front of you, like, here, make the call. Call this person, and they're sitting in front of you, and we had to lie. And we had to you know, call customers that we had for many years and be like, and basically set them up. So you could be arrested? Mm-hmm. How did that feel? It, it's like, it's going to be one of those defining moments I think in my life where, you, you know, there was really high highs and really low lows. We made a few, a few of those calls and it was getting late in the night and they decided that we were going to end there. I think my brother was like, I just can't believe just what we did. The first stop was Kenosha County Jail in Wisconsin and a change in identity for protection. They could no longer use or be referred to by their real names. They took us to, um, to a county jail, to Kenosha County Jail. And that's when reality was going to start standing in a little bit. Took us and uh, they changed their name. They changed their name. And they gave us the last name, Ramirez. My name was going to be Mark Ramirez and Peter was Juan Ramirez. And in, in Kenosha, there's a federal, like a federal holdover. And um, it's just a county jail. They made us change and, you know, the dirtiest. They give you orange socks with holes in them and slippers, shower shoes. And they put us in, a, in this one unit. It's locked down 23 hours a day. And uh, I remember walking, seeing the phone, like, am I going to be able to use phone? Yeah, when it's your turn. So basically they let one person out an hour a day, just in that little unit. So they go down, down the line. So I remember just observing, like, I'm asking questions. People are like, ah, where are you from? You know, asking those questions. I'm going to guess that some of them are cooperators as well because they're, they're there, and it looks like they've been there for a long time, too, because they're settled in, in this ugly place. The doors still wire crisscross, kind of, a, so they're see-through, so it's not like you get privacy. They can see right through your... And it's just old. Everything's old and Yes, it's dingy. not like it's a door that's shut. No. It's all wired. It's like a... You know, it has a like almost like a gate on it, like steel, mm. heavy gate. Ah. Crisscross like this. Yeah. And they, it's separated, so they put my brother on one. It's one bed, one bunk. And they put my brother on one, they put me on the other. I remember me and my brother's like, like, Jay, like, don't go to sleep. So we, uh, the door's, like, here, and I basically just sat down on the door, and he sat down on the door. 
Zulan against the door. Yeah, really against the door and we're just talking. We don't have to talk so loud because it's open. You're right next to each other. Yeah, just, I remember just, I was like, what do we do? And just like, you know, wondering about our family. That's going to be like the beginning of the stress of wondering, are they okay? Are the kids okay? I wonder what they're doing. I want, you know, I think anybody in prison always thinks about those things at this very moment, you know? And we didn't sleep. They bring breakfast like at 5.30 in the morning. It was terrible. It was like grits and who knows what. We, we didn't eat. I, I don't think me and my brother didn't eat probably for the next five days. And we would drink like water or something or juice. And I probably lost those first two weeks, probably lost 30 pounds. After a brief stay in Kenosha, Pete and Jay, now under a different alias, were moved to the Metropolitan Correctional Center in Chicago, 62 miles away. The team came for us and you know, they took us to Chicago. It was a caravan, like a big caravan of marshals. That's gonna be the normal from that point on. And they take me to... Together, or just you? Just, it's me and my brother. Yeah, together. Yeah. We're like a special hold where we have a three-man hold. So it's like one lieutenant and two officers every time we get moved. So that means that there's me and my brother. So at first it was hard because they needed two lieutenants, you know, four officers, and you're talking about a place that doesn't have that many guards. So it didn't take long before we couldn't start being a pain in their asses. They take us to use the train's office put us in a conference room. And that's where I actually first, for the first time ever, I meet Thomas Shakespeare. I meet Michael Farrar, who are gonna be the lead US attorneys in the case. I meet the agents that we've been speaking to. That's Eric Durante, who was the agent in charge of the case. We meet Sam Janelli. The twins were now face to face with the government team behind the El Chapo case the people who would ultimately decide the twins' future. Sam Ginelli was the first agent Pete and Jay ever spoke to. If you remember, it was back in that 16-person shower that they had in Mexico. Ginelli worked alongside Eric Durante, the DEA special agent assigned to the case, who had also been working on it from the beginning. With them were the assistant US attorneys Michael Ferrara and Thomas Shakeshaft. Shakeshaft was the lead prosecutor he first met Pete in that secret hotel room meeting back in Mexico that started everything. They're my attorneys there. They need us to probably talk for 20 minutes. And then they're like, we need you to continue on with this cooperation. We started working on going into a grand jury to Day Chapel that day. And me and my brother got it. That's what they want from us. Like, that was our bargaining to us, and they, that's the first thing that they want. Then they, basically, you know, when they took our phones from us, what happened was that people were calling our phones. And the agents are there sending back messages. Pretending to be you. Yeah, like, basically, like, oh, listen, so-and-so been calling. He said he needs 
25 keys? Cooperating isn't what you might expect. It doesn't stop happening just because you go to prison. At this point, the twins had no idea that this would carry on for years until the US government could put El Chapo behind bars. For the first eight months, it was all day, every single day, calling and setting up their customers and friends. I do feel responsible for, like, making decisions for a lot of people, like, not just my family. I made decisions for a lot of people that went to jail. How many people went to jail because of what you did? A lot. Like, how many, roughly? I want to say, in total, over 100 people, for sure. When they were finished for the day, they would head back in the big convoy to MCC Chicago. MCC Chicago is not what you might think a normal prison looks like. It's a skyscraper in the middle of the city. It's one big triangle, designed that way to be easier to keep an eye on everyone. The roof of the giant triangle is used as the recreation yard. While you're shooting hoops, you can kind of look out on the amazing views of downtown Chicago. It's used as a holding prison for those that have not yet been sentenced. Because of the danger of what the twins were doing, they couldn't simply be held with all the other prisoners. They were a part of the WITSEC program, basically in-prison witness protection, which meant they had to be kept in the SHU, Special Housing Unit, known as the SHU. The SHU is a bit like solitary confinement. Because they were helping the government, Pete and Jay were given a few special privileges. They were allowed to be together in the shoe. We went walk into the shoe. I was like, holy shit. Like this is like this is prison? Like what? There's like a little gate and there's a bunch of cells. Nowhere, it's like just hallways, just a bunch of cells. These weird, it's like a triangle. And they have two sides and they take us to the back cell. It's two bunks and it's like, it's ugly, dirty, you know, paint chipping. It's so fucking cold. You know, it was the first time I think I really like took it in, like all the other things, so much going on. I remember they throw this chokehold and me and my brother stand at the door and we just like look at each other. There ain't shit in there. Yo, what the fuck do we do? Now we're getting anxious, like no communication. We haven't talked to our family. I think our lawyer told they're okay, they've been calling or something like that. But that wasn't good enough for us. Like, okay, what? It was this, I want to tell you like this, torture in us. Like, we say withdrawals of bones, of withdrawals of... All our, what we were used to for all those years, just now we're sitting in a fucking town, like with nothing in there. The life of a drug dealer is 24-7. And if you remember, Pete and Jay had 50 phones each, constantly ringing. They were heavily involved in the day-to-day running of the business and made sure they never missed a phone call. You know what's scary is to hear phones ringing when they're not ringing. Could you hear? Yeah. I think, and you know how messed up your brain's getting. 
In the quiet of a prison cell, Pete was still hearing phones ringing inside his head. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. The wait is over. The Shy returns May 10th on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the south side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The first night was, like, terrible. And it was a while before we even saw a guard, I think. They'll come just look in. And we're just, like, sitting there, like, like, this fucking place is nasty. It was hard. That first night, it is freezing. We have no blanket. We have nothing. 
You know, we have like a t-shirt on, like a small t-shirt and just a jumpsuit. And we're freezing, I'm, I'm talking about like shaking. It has to be like 40 degrees in there. We're shaking, like there's icicles on the wall. They shut the lights off at 10 o'clock. And I remember you could see the roaches come out. Just shiny roaches everywhere. They came early for us. The next day, it's around 6th, the marshals come for us. And uh, they put like, you know, we go through a process. It'll be like quite a few marshals. And um, they'll, they'll pick us up in like a bulletproof car, take us down the back to the federal building. And that was kind of became our routine. So you basically were in the shoe and then they transported you down the road yeah. to the federal building. To the federal building, where we'd go and they start off like at, at a conference room or, you know, an office. And then they'd take you back to the show. Yeah. They would bring the laptop for us to like review whatever documents or whatever the case is. And you would have the laptop and they end up starting to talk something else, like doing something else to use attorney agents. And I looked, I seen that they had windows open in my computer. And I hit the window. So you don't want me to tell that story. What's women? Don't forget, Pete and Jay haven't seen each other much since they were in prison together. So there's occasionally some brotherly tension in the room. Some of this stuff is being spoken about between them for the very first time. It's Jay's wife, Val, that you can hear in the background. I mean, you could tell the story without saying you went to the fucking agent's fucking computer and hit window legend. Well, it's wrong with that. Jay, you don't want to go be like, oh, you were manipulating the agent. You said it in this fucking interview. Don't say that, but it's not possible. Say a lot. Because you said you went to me. I did. It's not for you to go through. That's the crime I'm going to be Jay, come on, man. Yeah, it's part of the story. It's not. I'm saying that part's not important. Okay. I'm just saying that like, you don't want to open a can of worms over it. So, so yeah. yeah, you really think we're sitting here talking about tons of drugs that the government <laughs> and that's gonna be oh, that's an issue. Oh yeah, hold on, let's go back where it died on. Tell us what you saw. It could open up an issue. What issue? Just one day you're going to a federal government agent's per Windows computer that you're sneaking around it. You could have changed information about something. Nothing, but you feel me? Like it doesn't sit well. Like, I don't know if you understand. Okay. I repeat, all right, just chilling. Just chilling. Did you basically see all of all the... It's not just um, information where they would say stuff. Yeah, at times, like, when you'd been... No. It was just personal feelings. It was what? They don't write their personal feelings. Really? What did they say? No, you, they had personal feelings that you, they would be writing messages to each other. Email. Emails on his hand. He's fucking insulting, yeah? The agents were. And the prosecutor. The brothers didn't want to go into any more detail on the record, so I stopped the tape and we took a short break. We picked up the story with the twins back in the conference room, cooperating with the agents in Chicago. It was the second day when, when we had like a break. I remember the US attorney said, so I know guys like, you know, up to this point, you know, you guys... Seem like you guys are all, all right guys and you know, over time we've been talking a lot and us being familiar with each other, it's like, you could feel it, but not everyone in this office feels that way. 
And I was like, huh? Like, you're gonna, you know, we're gonna introduce you to some agents that don't really like you guys. So, you know, just be patient and just like, you know, they might be a little bit hard. And I remember that's when I first started just like, hard, what? Basically he's giving me a warning, like they might not be nice. And I'm thinking, shit. It's already bothering me. Here comes six, seven ages walking in there. And I could see that they're, they don't seem cool. <laughs> they don't seem nice. I could see. And I guess they were mad at the case because they were people that were, you know, the time when I was cooperating, they were, you know, they were doing an investigation. They felt like it should have been their case and, you know, different agents got the case. I understand. I said, you guys have been like after us for a long time, right? I kind of made a joke out of it. And now we're here, right? So I know you guys have, like, you guys could be upset. But you guys, you know, for a long time, you, you know, we were winning. But now you got us. You won. We're here. We're here. We're going to help you. And, you know, however we could help you, we're going to help you and just leave any personal shit just to the side or whatever. They kind of just nodded their head. And, and then that's when I think we spoke up. I said, I'm going to help you guys. And now that we're here, I just want, I'm not going to ask for one thing. Like, what's that? I said, Saul Rodriguez. Yes, that's Saul. Remember the one that kidnapped Pete in Chicago? Pete's first kidnapping. Saul Rodriguez pretended to be a cop and took Pete into a basement where the floor was covered with plastic and there was that random parrot. One day he just smiled. Saul Rodriguez kidnapped you. I said, no, he kidnapped my brother. At the time, the brothers didn't retaliate against Saul for kidnapping Pete, but they were finally able to get their revenge. Saul was one person they were more than happy to turn into the government. And he has a file in his hand. He just started freaking out pictures. And my brother was able to identify everyone in the pictures. And that kind of just, like, I think kind of changed their views a little bit. But it's going to be like, a, this is going to be a routine, you know? It's going to go on for the next seven months. So for seven months you did that? What was that like? It wasn't easy. We had up and downs, you know? You know, and every day it was like, it was just a reminder, like, we're doing this. Like, why are we doing this? How did we get here? And there was a lot of questions about our future. Every day, probably. And... Like, with everything going on with our families, don't forget they're picked up and they just, you know, had to start all over and all these things going on. The tearful goodbye back in Mexico was the last time Pete and Jay had seen their families. All they knew was that they'd crossed the border into the U.S. safely. While Pete and Jay were sat in a conference room in Chicago... Val and Pete's wife, Viv, were stranded at the border, 
with the rest of the family. They didn't know where their husbands were being held. The responsibility of what to do next and where to go fell on Val's shoulders. We stood there hours at the border. Hours, it was already morning time. He's like, where are we going? We're going to Chicago. And I'm like, we're just going to keep going. She just looked like, it was just like emotionally drained. She looked exhausted. She looked tired. I'm like, we're just, we're not going to stop. We're going to keep going. And then we kept driving. And I remember we hit I think it was San Antonio. And... San Antonio in Texas. Yeah, we hit San Antonio. Now, our phones don't work. Because all of our phones are from Mexico. And there's no phone service. And I remember we went to a hotel. We check in and I remember I sent my nephews to go get the phones. They come back, I start calling the attorneys. I start calling like, we're here. We're in the US. Where's JMP? They're like, we don't know. I'm like, where are they taking? Where are they taking them? I'm assuming they're gonna come either to Milwaukee or to Chicago. And I'm like, so what do I do? Do I go to Chicago? And he's like, I don't think it's a good idea that you guys come. And I'm like, If that's where they're taking husband, that's where we're going. He's like, I don't think you guys should be nowhere near Chicago. I'm like, I'm sorry, but that's exactly where we're going. It's where you knew as well, right? Yeah, it's like, I mean, we didn't have a plan. We didn't know what, where to go, or we didn't even think about like, what do we do when we leave Mexico? We weren't ready to go, so. We got in the cars and we drove straight there. We didn't stop. When we were in Chicago, we went straight to a hotel, called the attorney, and then a few agents from Witness Protection came out to speak to me and Viv. And, um, basically told us that they wanted our family to go into the program and that we wouldn't be able to speak to our husbands until their release, whenever that was. Release from prison? Yeah. So we we could have been talking, at that point you've got no idea. Exactly. When the twins turned themselves into the US authorities, no one had any idea how long they would ultimately spend in prison. It would end up being years before they'd be sentenced. And despite their cooperation, the possibility of spending decades behind bars 
was still on the table. Entering the witness protection program that was offered to them by the government meant the family would be split up. Val and Viv wouldn't be able to speak to or visit their husbands until the day they were released from prison. They even said that me and Viv couldn't even be together. Our kids couldn't be together. She had to go to one part of the country, I had to go to another part There's of the country. There's no communication. No communication with us, with our families, with our husbands, with anyone, with no one. No one, our parents, no one. I said, I'm going to speak for me and Viv, and I said, we're just absolutely not, we're, we, we will not be going into the program. She put fear in us. I know that she told us that they were there to help us and that there's no way we could be, you know, on our own, especially with their husbands cooperating, with their cooperation. We weren't safe in Chicago. That if we weren't going to go into the program, that we should leave the state. We shouldn't even be in Illinois. And we're like, where do we go? She's like, the only way we can help you is if you enter witness protection. If not, we can't assist you in any way. And we're like, okay. I just kind of went, started going by the attorneys, what they were telling me to do. And um, the attorneys, they hired 24-hour security, four armed men, two SUVs, blacked out and they sat in front of the house 24-7. In Chicago? Yeah. So at that point you got a house? Yeah. We went there and then they slept there. They were there 24-7. The decision not to enter the government's witness protection program so they could stay together meant the family were completely on their own. Val, Viv and the kids moved into one big house in Chicago where they could have the protection of a round-the-clock private security team. Across town, Jay and Pete were also under round-the-clock protection, but they weren't in a big house. They were in a tiny cell in the shoe, no bigger than a cupboard, under 24-hour lockdown. For the first few months, it was straight like that. I couldn't even get a shower. I don't think we took a shower for three weeks. They just, they didn't have the manpower. We didn't take a shower for three weeks. It got to a point sometimes where like, we'd be so embarrassed where we stunk. So that was our first real little stint of the show. And just wondering where was Viv and how was she okay with my rest of my family. Like we didn't have not one word. We didn't hear nothing from them. Like I couldn't even tell her where I was at. I can't tell you how miserable that was. How I had my first major panic attack. I was like paralyzed. I couldn't breathe. I felt like I wanted to cry and scream. And we were at the same time where I couldn't just, you know, remember the first day, night in prison where I was telling my brother, please don't fall asleep, man, talk to me. Like, Jay, please don't fall asleep, bro. Like, stay up, talk to me, because I'm not, like, I'm going crazy. Did you get quite a lot of panic attacks in prison? I had my share, but nothing like those. Nothing like those, I could tell you. Yeah, the first one, the first time you were... 
And for some reason, it was weird because it made me think that your body, the beautiful thing about your mind and body, that a panic attack usually followed some peace. I don't know, it felt like afterwards, you know, I cried, got back to normal, and then it kind of felt like, okay. And it felt like, like almost like a, a release of emotions in that, and it was like a soothing little face to it. Yeah, I got so soothing for a little while. And all these things are like, how are you supposed to feel when you're going through that? Like, I don't care if you, if I am guilty of those crimes, that doesn't mean I don't feel these things. They're normal, real human emotions. If someone doesn't feel sad to be going through something like that, there's something wrong with them. If you don't, you know, it doesn't hurt you to be apart from your family, see your babies crying for you, see your mother cry for you, then something's wrong with you. You know, you're not scared to spend the rest of your life in prison. You haven't done any real time in prison. If you're in prison for two years or a year, three months, that's nothing compared to the reality of fighting for your life. It literally felt like I had a life sentence I was trying to fight off, you know? Which I was. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's leesa.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.
The wait is over. The Shy returns May 10th on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com/theshy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. I couldn't see my family. I would get like a phone call here and there and my brother and I were like pissed off. Like, look man, like I know we're proffering or debriefing, whatever, but I want the same rights as every other person. I want to be able to see my family. And it was like a humongous headache for them because of the security issues. Finally, we're able to see our husbands after three weeks. We had to go like under a like an underground tunnel into the U.S. attorneys, into the federal building. And then they took us up the back elevators to the offices. And that's where we saw Jay and Peter for the first time. We had the kids with us. Do you remember that day? Mm-hmm. We were in that office. And yeah. I, ex- I didn't expect to see them. I remember the door open. Like the, the office door open and I was able to glance down the hallway and I seen her like standing right there. Yeah, and we walked in and I remember my son just ran. Daddy, he just like hugging. Crying. Hugging, crying. Like, I think we were all crying again, of course. Um, it was just so emotional. And we were just looking at J and P and they were like just small, they were skinny, they were I'm sorry I smell, I'm sorry I smell I took a shower for three weeks I'm like, it's okay, you don't smell you look, keep your head up I kept lifting his chin up like, you look handsome, like don't don't do that keep your head up and he's like, okay Miss you, we love my. It's just we said so we many just, things. It was we're like, like we're fine, we're safe, we're okay, we're, we're okay. It was like I wanted to ask questions, but it was more like we didn't talk. We're just about, in that moment. Yeah, we didn't talk about what my baby he went through. My, my baby, we didn't. We didn't talk about what I went through. He went through. It was just about our kids. You know, if we're okay and that we were safe, and that was it. It was. I was like. The, Rollercoaster was like the biggest. He like, was okay if, like, if he was eating. He's like, now that we're here in the offices, when they bring us, they bring us food and like, whatever they're eating, we eat. And we're like, why can't you take a shower? It was just like so weird. Like, what? Well, how do you get here? Like, aren't you like across the street? Because they have like the MCC, the Metropolitan Correctional Center. He's like, they move us in like these like 
bulletproof suburbans and like with all these marshals. I just say that's weird like, that not much changed, right? And it was when Obama was. Um, Obama had, had just won the election and he had, I guess they had a, his office was in the federal building, right? They have an office there. And what happened was that I guess they had um, the Secret Service. The Secret Service would sometimes be there and, you know, the marshals, and it would be those, like, they're protecting us. And it would be like, elevators, like, hold on, hold on. Like, it was like always a problem. And at the same time, Blukovic, the Illinois governor, had just been indicted. So it was like always a media frenzy out there. And we'd be in these, you know, I guess, you know, Obama's security detail or, or us, it kind of was like, they couldn't tell what was what, right? So the media was always saying that JMP was like, that was Obama, they were taking him and moving him around the city and... It was you too. Yeah. At times, yeah. Yeah. Huh. So how long were you there for then? Seven months? Yeah. If you were in Chicago in late 2008 and thought you saw Obama's motorcade, chances are it was probably the Flores twins. Cooperating meant so much more than the one phone call Pete recorded on the phone to El Chapo. The daily motorcade continued every single day for another seven months. The twins were finally allowed to see their family, but there was one person who wouldn't visit them, their father. Pete and Jay were able to get the government to give him a visa to live in the United States for his own protection. The government felt it would be too dangerous for him to live in Mexico because of what the twins had done. But their father felt otherwise. He wanted his life in his homeland of Mexico. He headed to the bus station to get on a bus to cross the Mexican border. Val tried to stop him getting on the bus. It didn't work. In the midst of their daily cooperation, the twins received some awful news. Within days of their father, Margarito Flores Sr., arriving in Mexico, he was kidnapped and was never seen again. All that was left was his burnt-out car and a note that said, tell those fuckers to shut up or we'll send you his head. The last time Pete and Jay had seen their father was back in Mexico when they told him they'd been cooperating with the US government. The very thing he'd always told them never to do. He called them cowards and told them they weren't his sons. How did you feel when you found out that he'd died? <laughs> There's, I don't think that even to this day that I've been able to like really like take it all in, you know? I, put in the back of my mind at times because I guess just to not face those. But continue to face those feelings of guilt, you know? You know, when I see my mom, I can see her loneliness. I feel even worse. But, like, moving forward, like, like all those things he felt, like I wish I had like the story. Feel like to be able to tell him like that I did the right thing, you know. 
But he told me, like, his eyes were like, don't trust the government, don't. They're going to use you and throw you away. And he said, and these people are never going to forget what you did. And I had this idea to think that, you know, like that, you're wrong. You know? And the situation I'm in today doesn't feel like he was wrong, you know? He was taking somewhere outside a ranch. They found his vehicle with a note in it. was a threat and to me it was like a threat you know but a threat has to you know it wasn't a threat it was more of a statement right from him mm -hmm. I don't think it said who it was but I guess we understand I knew 100% it was a cartel. Chapu? Yeah, for sure. I don't recall the exact words, but I know it was something about us uh, talking or us cooperating or something. So. Are you angry? You're angry that what they did. Mm. No, I'm not angry. No, I, I think I blame myself. I blame myself. Like I take responsibility for it as I have, you know, been going to prison for my actions. And I think that was a consequence of my actions. I think that we like try to like just put on this like face and I think it was the, the situation we were in and, and I try to remember I remember sitting there thinking if this is what happened because of this then I'm gonna make this worth it like I'm not gonna like come here and just start you know second guessing myself like we're gonna stand for something that's meaningful to us and to all the stuff we've been through. We're still here, we're still going. Surviving El Chapo, The Twins Who Brought Down a Drug Lord, season two, is hosted by Curtis 50 Cent Jackson and me, Charlie Webster. Produced by myself and Jackson McLennan. Assistant producer and research support by Casey Hertz. Edit and sound design by Nico Palella. Theme music and original score by Ryan Sorensen. It's executive produced by Curtis 50 Cent Jackson and me, Charlie Webster. Curtis 50 Cent Jackson presents a Lionsgate Sound and G-Unit Audio production exclusively for iHeart Podcasts.
Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.